You are here at the Tiny Innate Show. Today, we're interviewing Jonah Corchin about how he collaborates with realtors in his real estate investing business. Let's do this. It's the Tiny Innate Show. I'm Tiny. And I'm Nate, here to help you create time and money freedom through real estate investing so that you can live a life full of impact and joy. Jonah, Tiny. You're in. <laughs> What's up, man? We're live. Good to see you. Let's do this. Jonah, thanks so much. It was so great to meet you back in December in, in uh, Arizona at the Sub2 Mastermind. Um, I will never forget the, uh, that tacos, those tacos and that salsa and sitting there with you <laughs> and learning about your business and your personality. Fantastic. I remember that, Jay. No. <laughs> Bro, where are you at right now geographically and where are you headed? So I'm in East Bay. I'm in Berkeley, California. I'm mm -hmm. about to move to Denver, which I'm assuming yep. that's why you asked me that question is I'm literally about to move to Denver in like two or three weeks just because just because I want to try something new. I grew up in California and I visited recently and it was super fun. So and that's the cool thing about real estate. I get to live wherever the hell I want to. You get so. to live where you want to. You don't have to. You can uproot your whole life and you can go somewhere else. And yet you can keep your the momentum of your business running. Yes, sir. Fantastic. That's we're going to dig into that. Yeah, we're going to definitely dig into that some more. But um, well, here's what I want to know. Uh, just for people that are watching and listening, what is your business look like today? And what did it look like when you first started as a real estate investor? What, you can start either side, the beginning or where you're at today. Well, when I started, there was no business. What do you? I, that's a funny one. Like, I mean, like I was trying to get into wholesaling <laughs> when I right. started. Well, give when us that story. Is, give us that so, story. I want to hear that. Beginning. Okay. So the very beginning of my story, basically... I'll start from, I like starting from like the end of college for me. So yeah. basically I, I ended college. I went into the Peace Corps, which was super fun. I loved it a lot. Got out of that, was kind of lost for a little bit. I had always had like an entrepreneurial like vision, but like mm. after that, I was a little bit lost and know what I really wanted to do. I had never heard about real estate before, right? I had read Rich Dad, Poor Dad, but I didn't really, it didn't really click until later, until until I went to my first real estate meetup in San Francisco, where I learned like a lot more um, about real estate. And then I it, and then I learned about wholesaling. And at that point, I was like, wow, this is the perfect business. I don't have to have any inventory. I just need to solve problems and talk to people all day. Like, and the product is literally all around me. That's just that, that's, that's the one it like clicked immediately like that. I know I'm going to be able to make money in. Um, so yeah so and then my business now what it is i went a very specific acquisition route which is working with realtors to get wholesale deals and working with them and then getting those deals wholesaling them um i do about a deal or two a month but those are california deals so they're a bit bigger spreads and i've got a team of how many people do i have now i just hired another acquisition manager so three americans so two acquisitions transaction coordinator, three VAs, and it's all realtors, all Northern California. And yeah, that's where I'm at right now. I love that. So when I first got started in real estate investing, I did not know what to say to realtors to bring value to them. What mm -hmm. does that first conversation look like? And maybe even that second conversation that where you can actually bring, bring value to a realtor. Right. So the main thing, I love this question. First off, I just love the way you just asked it is, that is the right question to ask yourself with anything in real estate. How are you bringing value to somebody else? Mm -hmm. Almost all the times I see people who aren't successful with realtors is they're not bringing any value to them. 
they're right. just like, I, I want a deal. Like I need it at this yeah. price. Give it to me at this price. Work give with me, me. Give me. Give me. I said so. Right. Like, and, and <laughs> I'm cool or whatever, but at least for me, what I always do, especially with my team, I really talk about, um, that adding value and the best way to do it is talking about the different ways we solve problems as creative investors, as wholesalers, as cash buyers. So my line that I always use is basically to a realtor is like, if you ever come across a listing or seller who really has a problem, like a serious problem, let's say the bank is going to foreclose in three days, or they have tax liens that need to be negotiated, or um, there's a divorce, whatever it might be. Our goal is to be a tool in your tool belt that you use in order to solve that problem and get you your commission. Um, and that's why we exist. We exist to solve problems. Yes, you can give me those vacant fixers and all that, but that isn't that isn't why we exist. We exist here to solve problems. And I really make that a sticking point because um, it's true, at least for me. Like I don't like some people might not be as true, but for me, that's really what I like the most. Mm -hmm. And so even when a lot of times they'll still just send me the vacant pictures, but they feel that genuineness and it helps a lot. I love the way you said that. And I, I remember, uh, were you, were you the one that told us about, you know, if you ever have a listing that just makes you want to burn your shoes, did that come from you, Jonah? No, not that exactly. But I remember, I remember you going over that at dinner that night and just being like, I love how, I mean, it's, it's story brand, it's adding value. It's making them the hero. It's not taking any credit for yourself. It's going, Hey, I'm, I'm here to solve your problem. You know, knowing your customer is, is really the real estate agent, even though that's kind of your, your source of business. Right. Um, they're your customer in a way. It's like, Hey, I want, I need to solve your problems in order for you to get paid. I right. love the way you position that. Right. But then how does it, how does it work in reality? Right. Cause, cause these are busy agents. They've got, they've got their retail business, you know, how do you keep in front of them? And also are they bringing you then on market listings that would be good wholesales or flips? Are they bringing you off market pocket listings? How does it actually play out in reality that you can actually grow your so business I'll, to a couple deals a month? I think what'll help is if I go from like lead, we'll start from like when it's a lead in the pipeline and how that pipeline yeah. works. I feel like that's your question in a yeah. nutshell. Do it. So basically how it starts is one of my VAs, all she's doing all day is going on Facebook groups, adding people as friends, messaging them, being like, hey, um, we're real estate investors. We're looking for fixers. Do you know of anything? It always starts like that, right? Because they just need to know who you are. Then uh, she starts it off. If the person's like, yeah, I've got fixers, that person then gets transferred to me or now my acquisitions managers. And then they have a five, they like are like, yeah, we're real estate investors. Let's get on the phone, do a five minute intro. It doesn't even need to be five minutes. Literally that one line I already told you is like, this is the only thing you have to get in there. So I get that in there and then make sure they understand that. Cause a lot of times they'll hear that and then just kind of be like, okay, but like, like, what do you want? Two threes? Like, what, what are we talking here? I'm like, okay, no. I mean, yes, I'll give you my technical criteria. Cause agents, I know that you like your technical criteria. But again, I'm here to solve problems. This is what I'm here for. If you want my technical criteria, it's for in the Bay Area, 75% of ARV, only residential. That's my technical criteria. But again, I'm mm. here to solve problems. So I'm like, really, you're doing this until they understand that you're there to solve problems, more or less. That can take two minutes. That can take 10 minutes, depending on the person. Um, <laughs> like, honestly, like, it depends <laughs> on like, if the person's like, no, I get it. Like, 
Um, and then in terms of like the follow-up, so then after that conversation, it's a text follow-up, just like a, Hey, do you have any fixers? Have you found anything every other week mm-hmm. forever to that agent until they tell us to stop or they have something. Then once, if they have something, even if it's terrible, even if it's an on-market or off-market immediately I, in my CRM, it's called REI reply. You put it into a task. And then that that you follow up with them every day or may sometimes every other day until that house is either sold or we have it under contract. Um, and then so once that house is done, you then put them in again every other week. And so I get deals just because I I've had agents who are like, you've been texting me for a year and a half every other week consistently nice nice a year and a half and they're like dude you just want this so bad all right here you go <laughs> wow. Damn. um so it's it's again it's the same stuff we always talk about of just being like insanely consistent um to a point where like nobody else is right mm. um so yeah i think that answers your question right like just how like the follow-up and all that yeah. So then they're texting you back and going, yeah, I've got this off market or it's about to come on the market or I just got this listing or did you see this one? Um, yes. I, I know one of the potential challenges for that from your side of things is you end up getting put on a thousand drip emails or your acquisition mm-hmm. person does because, yeah, send me your email and I'll send you stuff. Right. Um, is that OK with you? Do you do anything to mitigate that? Mm-hmm. Does it not matter? So what I tell them is I'm not looking for drip emails. I have access to the MLS. Like that's not the issue. I'm my, like with the MLS, I want it to be either your listing or it has to be 30 days or more on market. That's when I'll look at it on the MLS. Um, Because if it's just posted and they're not the listing agent, it's not worth it. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. If it's getting older, like 30, 30 to 45 days, then it's like, okay, maybe we can negotiate this. If like you, if you like, you know, the listing agent or something, but I mean, the ideal is you hit them every other week. So you hit them at the right time where it's like, okay, actually I have one that's growing. And like, Mm -hmm. like that's usually how it works is like, I got this lead. It's not under contract yet. Um, but they will need a quick close or whatever. Got it. And then I'm like, okay, that's the one, that's the one that's going to turn into a deal more often than not where I'm Mm -hmm. just following up. Then I'm following up like every day, Maybe every other day. It depends. It depends. How, like if it's taking, if if you can tell that it's starting to take weeks, like it's just in probate, right? And there's not in many updates. I might do it like right. every other week. It's like a, it's like a sense of like how often you should follow up. But yeah, yeah, um, yeah. No, that's good. in the follow that's, up for sure. Yeah, hundred percent. And I know how big this is to Daniel and I, and I know how big it is to you. So I'll just ask you to what when I say. Uh, one of the biggest problems you've solved for a seller in the past, how, what comes to mind? What stories come to mind uh, for you when you think about big problems you've solved for, for sellers? With seller? I, I used to do direct to seller. So I have yeah. some with sellers where it re- yeah. the thing with agents is that I don't, and this is kind of why I'm planning on going direct to seller in Q4. I'm going to yeah. go back. One of the reasons is, is with agents, I'm not feeling the emotions of the seller as much, right? Like that's all the agents, like seeing the fruits of the problem getting solved. I don't really get that joy as much because the agent is the one that knows them and develop the relationship, right? Right. Uh, 
it's cool to hear like later it's like yes that solved the problem but i don't really like i don't hear the thank yous got it it's not to me as much um the coolest one that i ever solved when i was doing direct to seller was there was this lady that like she was one of the nicest ladies i've ever seen in my entire life too nice like getting taken advantage of nice her Mm. friends had turned her house into like a shanty town basically like it was like a like half an acre there's trash everywhere tents like it was and it was very bad it was awful and then me walking her through like she had it had so many problems it had a mortgage from 1984 on it which doesn't even make sense because a 30-year mortgage should not have a a mortgage from 1984 (laughs) on it right got it Uh, there was like there was like a lien on there where she borrowed some money and she already paid back the person um and there were just so many things wrong with it with title with the squatters and actually solving all of those problems Mm -hmm. and making possible where another real estate investor could buy it that was probably the most satisfying one in terms of solving a problem to this day um because i also like i know her if i gave her a call now she'd be super happy um (laughs) she she, uh she's also potentially going to be one of my private money lenders we'll see like i interested in that too um that's also another issue that's why i want to go direct to seller there are many reasons why Agents, it's really hard to buy creatively. It's very, very hard because now you're dealing with two barriers, right? You're dealing with um, not only the seller misunderstanding, but also the agent misunderstanding. So you're just dealing with an extra barrier for like no reason, in my Mm. opinion. Um, Amazing for wholesale and flips. Really annoying for creative deals. Mm. So I don't have much... Like I might start doing more flips. I'm not like the biggest fan of flipping. I've done one too. And I'm like, I'd rather wholesale it if I can um, personally. And so I, um, I don't have that much use for private money yet. Um, Mm -hmm. I'm growing it because I know I'll need it. But Mm -hmm. um, yeah, that's anyway, that's why I want to go back to direct to seller for several different reasons like that one. Right. Right. So, so when you talk about problem solving with the agents, you, you, you did ask what I, I mean, you did answer my question, which is I was picturing you solving problems for sellers, but um, is, do you have another story that would go along? And it's okay if you don't, but do you have another story that would go along? Yes, exactly. Okay. There are, there are stories, right? Like, Like I'm trying to think of like the most recent one. I would say, I'm just trying to like remember the deals as much because they don't stick in my mind as well. Like I said, I don't stick in my mind because it just kind of happens with the agent. Like the agent will tell me, you know, like there was one, I remember this. It's like they need 14 day hold back because they need to make sure that they have the time in order to find a new house, Um, you know, and then we had to like keep extending the escrow. Right. And that was so that she could find the house, which is fine. Great. But those ones, like the emotional impact isn't as much there because it's it's more like I'm just uh, in the escrow process waiting while the right. agent figures all that stuff out. In terms of like me solving a problem, like what I'm talking about with like the pre-foreclosure or the tax liens, yeah. honestly, I haven't had like a complicated one like that. Um, yeah. There's this one coming up that might be, um, sorry, hold on a second. <laughs> there might be one coming up where um 
Sorry, one of my employees was just calling me. Um, there might be one coming up where it might be an ovation for somebody that's in a really bad situation. Um, I don't know. But definitely yeah. the one that sticks in my mind was a direct to sell the one. So, so then I'm really curious because, I mean, if I'm that agent, you know, the fact that you're bringing a, a cash buyer to the table or making that uh, be, being the matchmaker and, and helping them dispo that, I got to imagine that's the number one solution you're providing. Right. I mean, it's generally speaking, just buying it cash and quickly solves most problems anyways, <laughs> right? Like there's a certain subsect of problems that creative finance solves. And then there's another subsect of problems where you get a little bit more creative, where it's more like holdbacks or um, I don't know, just like I'm trying to think of like other creative ones. Holdbacks are like the most common ones that aren't creative financing that I deal with a lot. Yeah. I feel like I'm just trying to mm -hmm. think of like other things too. sometimes because, yeah, like, yeah, it's just not as much creative problem solving as direct to seller, I would say. Mm -hmm. Like I do yeah. solve problems 100%, but yeah. the agent doesn't usually give me that much to solve generally. Mm. Like not in the same way of like when you're dealing directly with the seller. Yeah. So they're, they're mostly relying on you to go, Hey, I need somebody cause you know, this isn't going to finance or, uh, this is, this is kind of fun. I need you to come in close with cash, do it quickly. And so I can get paid and move on. So you're not you're not really coaching them through like, hey, here's how to solve the tax lien or something like that. You're mostly being used or or providing them a quick close. Is that right? Yeah. I mean, also sometimes it's something that the buyer solves, right? Like say let's say a squatter in Northern California. That's a mm -hmm. that's a pretty bad problem, mm -hmm. right? Um, but honestly, like like a lot of those is like I what I do then is I advise the buyer on how they would mm -hmm. deal with that, right? It's like it's there is it is physically impossible within an escrow period to deal with a squatter fully unless they the person gives me six months or something like that. Right. Um, like they'd have to give me a long time in the escrow. And since I wholesale, I more just guide the buyer into doing that um, and how that could potentially work. Um, mm -hmm. But yeah, I mean, I definitely was doing a lot more creative problem solving when I was doing direct to seller for sure. Agents like. Honestly, usually I just use that line, to be honest. I use that line and then they just give me the vacant fixers first because I'm falling off. <laughs> like, no joke. Like, I just like, it's just not, it's not in their wheelhouse to get creative, in my opinion. No offense to any agents watching. Like, yeah. an agent usually is also of like the like, the mind of like, let's just do a quick close. This will get rid of this. Like, I offer to help with the moving and organizing it, but the agent's like, no, I, I want to do that. Um, sometimes I help in the sense of like, I say they can leave whatever they want and the agent's really appreciative of that. Um, but yeah, yeah nothing no. like crazy complicated. Uh, yeah. yeah, that's good. So I want to, I want to take it back to, to December for a second. And I wasn't in the room when you and Pace were at whiteboarding your business. But one mm -hmm. of the things that I caught when I was rewatching a portion of, of the recording of that session was, um, Pace was really getting on your butt to, to give away more things to other people. And I think that's what you've been doing. You've been growing your team so more is on other people's plates. Can you talk to me about the mindset changes you've seen in yourself since December and the practical business changes you've seen since December? The main one with December mindset wise, this was a huge one. I don't know how much it got caught on the video was I kind of ran, I kind of in December identified a very big fear of mine, which came from mm. childhood, which was mm. the fear of spending money. Like mm -hmm. my mom did the whole like 
save for a rainy day. You never know what's going to happen. Make sure you have enough just in case of X, Y, and Z, right? So for mm-hmm. a good year, when I was making a lot of money, I was just not hiring anybody. And I'm like, man, I do not want my budget to go over 10K or whatever it was, 15K or whatever. Like, I want my lifestyle to stay at that. I don't know if I can make more if I spend more. Like, I knew I could logic consciously, but not subconsciously. And I kind of started recognizing that. And then I just kind of like after that, when I started realizing that, I'm like, wait, like, screw that. Like, I'm not like, that's, that's dumb. That's not serving me at all. Hmm. So after that, I was like, I have enough money. I should just start hiring people. So I hired two VAs right after that. I hired, um, uh, I hired a transaction coordinator, which is incredibly cheap. That's also something I learned on the master at the mastermind. It's like you pay somebody $350 per transaction and they do all the transaction coordinating. It's like ridiculous. Like love Rochelle, love all the people who do transaction coordinating, but you could, but like, I mean, if it's not creative, you could find a transaction coordinator that understands normal real estate transactions very easily. You just go to like an agent Facebook group, be like, Hey, I'm looking for a good TC who knows how to do it in X state. And then you'll get like, and applications immediately because a lot of people want to be TCs um, instead of reg- regular real estate agents. Mm-hmm. So did that. Then a couple months, probably February, I hired my first acquisition manager. And then I, like today, my second acquisition manager started. So yeah, I started hiring kind of like crazy because how long ago was that? Six months and I hired five people. So nice. Way to go. How many people? Five people. Yeah. Five people. I did that math in my head, right? Um, so <laughs> that was the most helpful thing to my business where like, I realized that that belief of like, I don't like, I need to make sure I have enough money was not serving me. And then I got over it myself, basically. Mm-hmm. <laughs> that was, I think the biggest thing I got from it. So have you seen that the growth in your team represent additional revenue? Because oh, I mean, especially an acquisitions 100%. person, that's, that's an acquisitions what person that's really brought in, not bragging, brought in 185K so far yeah. in wow. the four months that he's been doing it, which is crazy. So and they so, are, and they're taking the leads from your VAs, right? So that's the kind of the, mm-hmm. the, the process, the VAs are yes. finding the leads and then they're passing yep. them on to that acquisitions person. Yep. 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 Where did you Very find good. them, Jonah? Uh, Astro and sub two. First one was Astro. Mm-hmm. Second mm-hmm. one is sub two um which i bet you guys talk about a lot but astro flipping is jamil damji's program sub two is i'm wearing the hat and you guys are part of it is pace morby's program they're all from there awesome just a quick post in the group and go this is what i'm looking for yeah that and also i try to do other things like i also go on the zooms and start announcing it I get Brian. Brian is the, the, after hiring him and then saying that aloud to the entire group, that gets a lot of applications. Yeah, so, I should say. <laughs> <laughs> that's one way to do it. Um, so, yeah, it's been, it, yeah, it's, that's just the dopest thing about being part of these communities is you get everything you need in one place, mm-hmm. which is like, I just think that's what makes it worth the money. I mean, Pace is 100%, right? He's cool. What's way cooler is all the people in it that make it where I can get whatever I need. Right. Pace is great. Like, I love Pace. He's obviously MVP of the entire community. But, like, there's still the rest of the team that's way more Mm -hmm. important than him. 
Mm-hmm. Like I agree with him a hundred percent. That's the strength of it. Yeah. I love that. That's yeah. beautiful. I need to, re- we need to remember that because there's times where it's like, man, how are we going to find a person to do X, Y, or Z? And it's like, shoot, we have, we have literally thousands of like great people to work with just a post away. So you know, what's amazing. For you that reminder. <laughs> what's amazing is you recorded this. So now you remember it forever. Ta-da. <laughs> <laughs> to me that that's, that's the selfish, uh, 50% uh, selfish uh, motivation for doing this podcast for sure is remembering mm-hmm. those things and processing them out loud and, and yeah, you can get oh, yeah. something from every. You can get something from everybody. Um, as your team has grown, and now uh, you are getting ready to move states. Your team obviously is, is virtual in lot in many different locations. I'm I'm sure. Um, have you guys? As 2022, we've seen the regular retail market kind of softening and whatnot. Are you guys doubling down in the markets you're in? Are you expanding? What does that look like? It's always, I mean, I'm, uh, my plan doesn't change based on market conditions. I, I like, honestly, like I know a lot of people say, make sure you pivot. But to me, it's like, uh, my whole business model is based on solving problems. If a recession happens, there's more problems. So I don't, I don't know what you want me to pivot on exactly. Um, <laughs> like, I mean, I'm just saying like, like in the sense that yes, the formula changes in wholesaling a bit, it'll be harder to find a buyer instead of a deal. But at the same time, like I'm, I'm just doing exactly what I would be doing anyways, which is I'm expanding more. I've got what I got to hire a dispo manager mm-hmm. in my agent side of the business. And then I got to I might I have a virtual assistant who's like my personal assistant slash administrative manager. He just organizes everything. And uh, I want I'm going to hire somebody to replace him so that he can start being my lead manager because he's he's much more salesy than an organizational person. So I'd rather have an organizational person in his role and then put him where he's supposed to be, which is a sales role. Mm -hmm. Um, And so I'm hoping that'll happen by the end of the year. It's like we have it fully a direct to seller. Leads are coming in. um, And the agent side is bringing in at least two to three deals a month. Um, And And why are you? Yeah, I love that. And why are you uh, uh, focusing on hiring a dispo manager? And how are you? Uh, are you, do you build a direct to buyer database? Is that your, your primary, primary model? Mm-hmm. Your, your uh, agents are bringing you buyers. You're not, you're not, you're not slinging out deals and contracts to agents. You're slinging them out directly to your buyers list. So what I do is, so when I, when I like, especially at the beginning, like the way, when you don't have any buyers, what do you do? What's the classic thing to do? You post the property on Facebook, right? Don't put the address guys. Don't put the address. Just be like, I have a fixer in Oakland or wherever it is. Right. And a bunch of people are going to put their emails down. Half of them are going to be agents and wholesalers. Now, I am of the personal opinion that I don't think, I don't know if Pace necessarily agrees with, but this is more of an opinion that I got from Jamil, which I agree with. Is like, if you want to sell my deal, go sell my deal. I don't care. Um, like, if you find a buyer for me, great. Just make sure I get my price. So there are agents on my buyers list who are like, I don't want to bring you deals. I want to sell your deals. And I'm like, mm. I don't care. Like it, 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 I work with the people how they want to be worked with. I'm not going to pressure yeah. you either way. Um, yeah. I don't have any where it goes both ways. I think mm-hmm. people put other people in boxes. Mm-hmm. I think it's really hard for somebody to be like, "Your, I'm going to send you deals and I'm going to sell your deals. Right. It's rare. Mm-hmm. I haven't met somebody who, I've met a few people. The only people I've met who are willing to do that are Astro students. Interesting. Those are the only people who like are very much willing to, transform 
to both. And that's because of what Jamil teaches us more or less. Um, so yeah. So not the ones that send me deals are almost never the ones who sell my deals. Yeah. Usually I don't know that many. I have one agent who's actually sold a deal for me before. Who's actually like to the finish line close sold a deal for me. Um, but I've had plenty of wholesalers sell my deals in the past. Yeah. Yeah, that's interesting. That's really interesting, Jonah. So it's almost like uh, humans' minds, we, we can't process it both ways. Like, like you're saying, we put people in a box, we kind of put a, a name tag on them and say, this is what this person is about. And that's all you can really manage because in a, in a modern world where we have all these interconnected relationships, you almost have to do that to survive mentally. I wonder yeah, if that's and I'm guilty of it too, right? Like, it's not like I'm any better than it. Like, I definitely, definitely when I meet a new Astro student, who wants to sell my deal, I, yeah. I kind of go, ugh, okay, yes, I will let you do it. But I guarantee you, I know everyone you know. Like, I guarantee <laughs> you, like, no, like, no offense, if you've been doing this two weeks, anybody's you right. found on that Facebook group, and like nine out of 10 times, I know their buyers slash whoever the main dispo wholesaler they've connected with. And so like, I've seen certain things play out over and over again where i'm like all right i feel like i should be disposing for you but then like <laughs> but then it, but then it kind of sometimes screws me too because i remember this is a guy named angelo who i've done tons of deals with now where at the beginning i kind of had that attitude and then he really mm. proved me wrong where he sold like two of my deals two or three when i couldn't sell them i'm like damn okay you're about it yeah. like you are you're putting in the work where you're better than me at this part so good job like mm. you're to do it with so yeah, it's hard. It's human nature and I'm not above it. So when you go to Colorado, if you do that, are you going to stay focused on the California market? Yeah, I'm definitely not. Sure that down. I'm still yeah. I'm still going to be in California um, business wise. What's next is so the next play is I'm going to go direct to seller in Sacramento. So lower price point, more likely I'd rather own property there than the Bay Area. Got it. And, and uh, there's. Yeah, just with a lower price point, it's more likely I can actually own property, rent it out. And also it's a teensy bit more conservative. So it's a little bit easier to get people out if something happens. Um, and then it'll be and then I'm going to choose like a whole new market after that. I don't know if it'll be Colorado. I I kind of want to choose a market like Ohio or like one where it's like mm. fully buy and hold type of market mm -hmm. where yeah. it's cash flows way more maybe the average price is like 200k just because I, i've got like a market that's like a million average then then 500k is sacramento and then it'd be good to have like a 200 or 300 300k one i feel like or it might be denver where it's 600k and i'm just like well that it just is what it is since i live here i don't know we'll figure it out i don't know what'll happen to that I think it's I think it's worth pointing out if people didn't catch it already. I'm reading between the lines, but something I'm interpreting about the value of the business you're building over time is uh, the relationships with the agents and even that follow up sequence. There's tremendous value in that. Right. So you're going to stay in touch with them. You're going to stay in front of them. You're going to do eventually you're going to do a deal and that's going to lead to many more because they because you're able to perform and solve problems for them. And so when you then go to Indiana or Ohio, you have to start that up again, which, of course, has its its lag period to to the results. Yep. And so yep. um, I'm curious if you can speak to that, if you've seen transformation in any of the relationships of people that have been in your follow up sequence, um, if you develop any friendships, have you gone to pizza, have you gone to drinks with any of these people that you over time have built these relationships with? 
Yeah, definitely. In terms of the agents, there are just some where I, I don't know if I've gotten like a drink with any of my, I've gotten drinks with my buyers, my buyers yeah. I eat lunch with and get drinks with and stuff. Yeah. Um, agents, I it's more like when I call them, it's like, oh my God, how's the new baby? How's it been? I hope you've been amazing. Like, like very much, very friendly, very like, I know, I know their husband's name. I know the baby's name. Right. Like I, I haven't necessarily gone lunch with them necessarily, but I see I've seen them at houses. Right. We hug like things like that. Um, like I am I'm I am not just a face to them or a name. Yeah. Right. Mm-hmm. To those ones that I like I've done like a two deals with or more, um, which funny enough is not that many. Most of them, most of the ones I've done deals with were one and dones generally. Mm, Don't know right. why. Just personally, that's what's happened with me. I know. I know Jamil and Ryan Zolan have like a, a VIP bot agent list and I have one too, but like so far it's just been more like kind of random ones that come up. I don't know if that's California in the sense there's just not nearly as many deals or if it's just my business model. I don't know. I don't know what's happening yeah. there, but yeah, um, I have some that are really good relationships for sure. That's cool. But then the, you, you kind of reserve the drinks and lunch for uh, buyers. That's yeah. Where that's what that time I mean, and energy goes to. I get that, hundred percent. I get it. Yeah, that's just what's happened. I don't know. It's just how it has been so far. No, I love it. I love it. Um, are you a reader? I am a reader. What What have you read recently that's sticking out? What I'm reading right now, it's this is a very not real estate book. Like I read like all sorts of different things. Um, fuck, what's the name of it? It's by um, Stephen Pinker. The better. Oh. It's like, angels of our nature or something like that i'm that's what the better angels of our nature that is the name of it it's completely not related it's just about how humanity is getting better not worse because a lot of people Ah. have pessimistic ideas of like oh we're all going to hell global warming yada Hmm. yada and it talks a lot about like it talks a lot about it like we're actually getting a lot better than we were even like 50 years ago or 30 years ago it's a very optimistic book which i feel humanity needs is to have a little bit more hmm. optimism and the pessimism very different book not real estate related at all but i do know that's that's good steven pinker he's a professor type is is, is mm-hmm. that right yeah yep. yeah i've seen a lot of his interviews that's cool that's good i guess good to balance. It's, yeah it's good to balance the um the constant flow of all kinds of drama and negativity if you're plugged into any form of social media or YouTube or anything or any sort of news with 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 uh, with books like that. So that's good. Better Angels of Our Nature. Is that is that right? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Stephen Pinker. Interesting. Sweet. Interesting. Yeah. Awesome. That's what I'm reading right now. Yeah. So I'll, I'm going to end with this question, unless, uh, Tiny, unless you got another one. So mm-hmm. uh, Jonah, I want you to speak to the young man or young woman who's out there about to exit college. And they're interested in wholesaling, flipping, uh, any form of real estate investing. And um, they're thinking about what their first steps should be. Give them just the very, maybe step one and step two. What would you advise now that you are where you are in your business? Step one is squat up and step two is squat up. That's just both steps is like, find somebody who's doing it in your market and bring them value. If they're doing a direct to seller model, what you do is you either door knock. I don't know how it depends on how much money you have. You either door knock, cold call, get somebody who's interested in their house, get the four pillars, which is time, time they want to sell, condition of the house, motivation, and the price point. Get those four data points for a real estate investor who's closing deals. 
send them as many as you can. And that's how you should start. And the rest will go from there. Um, that's what I would do. Or if you want to go to the agent model, which would be like somebody like me, which is a little bit rarer, it would be just making as many relationships with agents as possible. And then whenever they send you a deal, send it to me also, and I'll tell you a buy price. And then you negotiate it off of that. And then we split the deal or you send it to me, either one, but do bring value to any of us three that are on the screen. Like that's, that's what you should do. hundred percent. Hmm. That is always the first step if you're trying to get into something. And finding them, just get into Facebook groups with real estate investors. Would that, is that what you Find mean? somebody who you know closes deals, not just mm -hmm. like a, you, you got to make sure they do business, right? They have to have yeah. credibility. Yeah. Um, I mean, if you have the money, join like one of the communities like Sub2 or Astro is always like worth the money 100%. Like that's what I did is I... I don't recommend this, but what I did, I was broke and I was just like, I got a 0% credit card and then just paid for Astro flipping on it with like monthly payments and was like, all right, I guess we're doing this. This guy better not be a scam. And he was yeah. lucky. <laughs> I got yeah. lucky in that case. So uh, you 100% can do that. That also works. But the point is squad up. Um, if you want to do it the free and easy way, that's I would just do what I just said, where you just get leads yeah. for somebody else. Love that. Love that. I think that's great advice. Very yeah, good yep. advice. Squad up with somebody I, with credibility that's closing deals. Yep. And bring value. Like I, I love that your whole, like, I don't know, for lack of a better term, ethos or just mindset is about solving problems. I think yep. that's, that's what I am taking away from that. One of the main things I'm taking away from this is like, if you're about solving problems, it doesn't matter what the economy is doing. It doesn't matter uh, who's president. It doesn't matter what the supply chain is doing. Like you solve problems for a living. It doesn't matter yeah. who your customer is. It doesn't matter tiny, who, like tiny, you solve problems. You, you got to talk about solving problems. Weren't you on, under a, a wet basement this week? <laughs> yeah, dude. It was a, it's a crawl space, and I'm not a exactly the world's smallest person. Wait, what's happening? Crawl, I wish it was a basement. That would have been that would have been an improvement. So we've got a client, and we're we're working with her to buy her house, and her house is flooded because deferred maintenance. All the gutters oh, are yeah. spilling over, and it's going under her house, and she's mm -hmm. freaking out, and she's like, her house is like there's condensation on the walls. Yeah, um, it's that densely thick with moisture, and so yeah, Dang. I was. Dank, dank, I think, is yeah. what that comes to me. Dank and dank, yeah. Um, yeah. I'm, I'm not the smallest individual in the world, and I was crawling around in the in the mud, literally in like a waterbed from hell. Where you can hire somebody for that? I could have, but I could also do it. So I just, I was like, this isn't going to be so bad. I'll go buy a pump and like pump it out. Right. I had no idea. I had That's no funny. idea how bad that was going to be. <laughs> <laughs> we, she calls, we're still learning. She calls me back we're still learning three our days own later. lessons. We <laughs> are. We are. She calls me back three days later, and she's like, "It's flooded again." I'm like, "Oh crap!" Oh so no! It's yeah. The I I should have fixed the gutters, then fixed the bottom. So, anyways, lesson learned: <laughs> fix the gutters first, then fix That's the water. Funny. Yeah. So solving problems, man. That's what it's about. Love it. I love it. Yep. Oh yeah. Yep. Well, and the, the closer you can get to people that know have solved a lot of other problems, I think that's the great part about squatting up too, is 
how will you know to how to solve the problems unless you've seen creative ways that other people do it, right? So that I think mm -hmm. that's a huge when you you maybe you have one way to solve a problem, you have a hammer, but if you get into a real estate group like we have, then you you get a mm -hmm. wrench, you get a screwdriver, you get a drill, mm -hmm. and somebody also gives you a miter saw, and next thing you know, you're a problem solving <laughs> machine. You're yeah, a handyman right. in real estate solving problems. Yeah, so right. I think I think I think, and that's why I love these conversations is um, yeah, you just figure out ways to, you figure out, oh, she's, that's, that's, that's a, a problem I can actually solve. And if you don't yeah. know the answer to that or a couple of different strategies to get them out of that, uh, you're just worth less in the marketplace. Cause. And one more thing to add with that too. I mean, Please. if you have the money joining one of yeah. these communities is so amazing in the sense that it's not like I know how to solve every single problem guys still to this day. But what's the amazing thing is, is I know who knows how to solve the problems. I, to this day, since I joined sub two, I've been deferring ton, like, ha, like anything I don't understand to Mr. Vincent Lanza, which you guys definitely know. He's like a huge part of our mm -hmm. community. He lives in San Francisco. So he's been like my, he's like my sub two mentor. Or I consider him my sub two mentor other than pace in the sense that he, I've been like trying to figure things out with him and he's just generously given his time and we still haven't done a deal together, which is ridiculous. I might just assign <laughs> him a sub two at some point. It's just like, a thank you. Like I, I'll take 10 K on this one because you've helped me out so much. It's like ridiculous. And, and I'll just say Jonah doesn't get any money for saying that to go join these other people's uh, communities yeah, I don't. Or, or training I don't. their students. I'm so. just saying like the value of a community is so great also yeah. where yeah. If you're broke, do what I first said, just find one person. But if you're in a community, you can do the same thing. And then it'll be, it'll, you can just, you don't even, you'll just have all the answers that you need just from the community. Um, so it's just powerful. It's a great reminder. It's a great Power reminder. community. I think that's yep. a good one to outro on. Hey eh, guys. I love Sounds it. Good. I love it. Jonah, people, uh, what's the best place for people to DM you or reach out if they want so to do a deal or bring you value? watch or uh follow me at the scorch so at the it's like so it's the s and then corch the beginning of my last name uh i think i just put that in the private chat but i'll put it in the comment i, I can see it yeah so that's my instagram handle um you can if you look up my name on youtube you'll find my podcast scorch the fears i talk about a lot of just i specifically focus on mindset way more not even necessarily real estate related I've had like two people on who aren't even real estate investors. We just talk about business in general. Um, so I'd say probably the coolest things are my, my podcast on my YouTube channel and my Instagram. Um, that's where I'm dropping the most value for you guys. You guys also text me. My number is 510-726-8684. Feel free to text me. Um, text me first and say actually say your name introduce yourself don't just text me and be like hey is this jonah because that's annoying um, <laughs> but 100 text me i will say, say the number jonah jonah say the number one more time zero seven two six eight six eight four cool that's the that's my that. yep that's that's the number to text um i will i will do my best to answer your questions I'm starting to do it where so many people are hitting me up where I just do a Q&A on Fridays. But yeah. uh, you got to hit me up first and follow me on Instagram for that stuff. Um, awesome. I, I love that. I love that little like. There, you, there you go. We got them. There you go. ESPN. There you go. Awesome. Yeah, I'm trying to help out as much as I can, guys. Just follow me. Text me. Do whatever you need in order to squat up and let's get some deals done.
Love, Love it. it. Thank you so much for joining us today. And uh, let's do this again in the future, shall we? 100%. I appreciate you guys. Awesome. Later, John. We'll see you on the next one, man. Bye-bye-bye. Bye. -bye. Bye.